G'day everyone, my name is Stefan and this is Rock Capital. It's a podcast about rock music and I guess about Melbourne and culture and all that other kind of stuff. And I will say this is our pilot episode and there seems to be some weird tapping in the background in the studio. I don't know where that's from, but I'm going to go bring in our guest. This is Reese. he's from Ascarian. Hey Reese, and my good friend too. How Hello going? everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is fantastic, isn't it? Yes, it's fantastic. I'm not entirely sure when people are going to hear this because it's a pilot episode and we'll get to the bottom of what that weird tapping is. Yeah. But uh, all, <laughs> all I really wanted to do was just have a, just have a podcast where I could just um, talk about rock music, which I love, and talk to talk to some guests about it as well. And we have some segments as well. Later on, we're going to... Well, Reese will talk about... He's in a band. He works full-time. We'll talk about that. Talk yeah. About Greta Van... Is that how you say? Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van Fleet. Yes, yes. We'll talk about them. And we've got the Def Leppard show coming up. And talk about Scorpions, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we're going to rank the Def Leppard Hysteria album. That's very exciting. Every song. I'm looking forward to that. And you know what? For all those uh, horror punk fans and death metal, black metal fans, we saw Halloween was yesterday. We saw the movie of the same we name. We saw the Halloween movie. So at the end, we're going to talk about that as well, just for those guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but we're going to go straight into it, Reese. So, Reese, you work full time. I work full time. You're in a band. In a band, in what's, a death metal band. What's the band called? Escarian. I see. So, what's it like working full time? And being in a band. You guys have played a few gigs now. You've got an EP out and you're working on a new album. Yes, so yes. I guess, how are you guys coping? Are you guys coping? Yeah, we're, we're coping. Like, it's, it's crazy working full time. And it's sort of like you have to learn to juggle. Like, in the beginning, I was at uni in, in a band. And as soon as I finished university, like, I thought, oh, I have time to practice. But I needed a, I needed a job. So as soon as I got a full-time job it got a bit difficult because we were practicing twice a week at that time. And it was during the weekday, like uh, yes. during the day, like something that I really was looking forward to. But working full time, that it gets rid of a lot. It takes away a lot of time. And you just basically, what you have to do is you have to schedule yourself. Now, you practice at night, you work in the day, you practice at night and you, pra- and you just go to work and you just keep going and you keep going. And you make time. You sacrifice. You sacrifice. You sacrifice. Um, yes. So your job is pretty physical. My job is definitely pretty physical. Um, probably way more physical than my job. But even then, when I get when I get home, I I just want to relax for the most part. Yeah, you you definitely want to relax. But you also got to bear in mind if you show up to a full band jam, right, with four four other guys, three other guys. And they've been practicing all day, like they've been practicing and, you know, you, you show up and, it, you know, the amount of practice you've done in the week shows in that jam. And people are more than happy to tell you whether you're, you're sounding good or not sounding so good. Yep. So you've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared to just basically um, show up with all your work done. Yeah, so they're all <laughs> teachers then. They they are all teachers. They are like, like they're not your average music teacher. It's just basically you know you want to sound good every band jam because if you don't sound good, then y- you know someone else. It's 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 just gonna bring your mood down. Yep. If you don't sound good, like I can recall one gig, it it was a disaster because I sounded like crap. I didn't know what was happening, and for the whole gig, you can see photos of this. <laughs> I am looking like the most miserable person in the entire universe. I'm not happy at all. And the thing was, it was just one switch I had to press. Excuse me. It was just one switch. That's it. All I had to do was press one switch, and I didn't know. But because I the switch was left on, I sounded like shit. What switch was it? So on my wah pedal, there's a distortion button on the bottom. Yep. Okay. So you can sound like Cliff Burton. Not really. Yep. But, yeah, there's a distortion button. I accidentally pressed it at some point during setup. I sounded like crap. John, my, my guitarist, Johnny, had noticed the significant sound difference, and he's like, dude, what, what, what's going on? 
And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Everything's where it's meant to be. I don't know what else to do. And he's like, oh, you got to fix it, man. you got to fix it. And then the gig, we had to start the gig because the sound man wasn't helping. The sound man was like, are you already running like 10 minutes overtime, guys? You've got to keep going. It was, it, that's, that's, that's frustrating. That's yeah. a frustrating gig. Is the frustration you felt, is it like the tapping that we're hearing right now in the studio? Oh my God, yes, it is like that. But uh, it's, it's, it's much more prevalent at a gig because you want it to go well. Yeah, if you guys can't, I'm not sure if, if, if it's, this is being picked up, but right now what we're hearing in the background, somewhere in the studio, I don't know where it's from, it's just about... I don't know where it's coming from, but uh, I imagine that's what Reese hears heard at that gig. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it has to be somewhere in the building. It has to be. Well, we'll find out, hopefully, when we get picked up for a full season. Ooh. And get sponsorships. Every- no, we're not going to have sponsors. Oh. And we're not going to have ads don't, either. Don't, don't get yourself down. We might get sponsors. Maybe, if but we, we're definitely if we're, not- if we're good. If we are good. We're definitely not getting ads because we can't commercialize it, Sin. Uh, this is Sin Media Podcast, and we can't commercialize our content. So, don't worry, guys. We're we not going to sell out on Sin anytime soon. Volunteer for Sin, people. Yes, volunteer for life. <laughs> do you have more time now as a full-time worker or less because we're at uni i don't think you're working that much if at all so for viewing people next year in 2019 i'll be going to university as well but when i was at uni i had so much more time on my hands because you weren't working i was working at hungry jacks and i thought i ne- i just didn't practice that was the one thing i should have been doing i i was you know working I was working at uni and at band practice, but I never practiced by myself, which is what I, sh- which is what I should have done yep. in basic terms. But I think when I go back to university, it's going to change up again. So I don't know how it's going to work. I need uh, to be working as uh, well. But how, how often do you practice now? Is it two hours a day? Two hours a day. What about weekends? No exception. No, but like, it'd be more on weekends, wouldn't it? Um, with weekends, um, we do the actual band collab. Yeah, and I count that like um, as like a bigger session because it goes for like four hours each time. Yep. And since we've got new material, it's going to go for longer because we've got to get this stuff down. Now I know that um, your bandmate Johnny. There is nothing I, I've seen him play live. There's almost nothing he can play. In fact, there probably isn't anything he would say there, himself. There's almost nothing he can play. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I meant to say, there is nothing he cannot play. Yeah, there you go. So, Johnny, if you're listening, I, yes, I meant you can play everything. You can, I'm assuming he can sweep, pick, and do all that stuff, oh, right? I just can picture his face right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, Johnny, um, if you're listening, he's picturing your face, feeling we, ashamed that I just said that. But I meant you can play everything. He, he, we had this segment, me and him, about... um. You know, sometimes I'll just be, go into like a funny voice and be like, "This is John. He can play anything, like to from the grind cores, and he'll just do something grind core to the metal core." And then I always end on like gent, something that he doesn't like to play, something like periphery. Actually, I don't think he knows periphery. Yeah, well, they're probably the gentiest of all the gent bands, Pro- right? Probably, but he does know like how to play gent. I yeah. think he learned that maybe from just like listening to it for a couple of minutes, and then he was like, I'm done with gents. Well, we've got to tell our first Rock Capital listeners, um, so your, your band is Iscariot, so who's in it? So, to put it basically, I am the bassist and the, the backing vocalist. Uh, yes. And I said that wrong. Vocalist. Um, and then Johnny, which is who we've been mentioning, is our lead guitarist. Well, I'll just call him guitarist because we've got another guitarist. Um, so he's our guitarist and he's our lead vocalist. Then we've got John, another John, two Johns in the band. Very confusing at times, but we give him nicknames. It helps. Uh, John, who's our drummer. And we've also got our newest member, Tommy Luco, who's also just our second guitarist. So we've got a pretty fleshed out band. It's pretty awesome. Awesome, and you've got an album that's coming out soon. Oh, well, you're working on it. We're, we're, we're writing the album at this point in time. We're giving it, to, and we're also presenting it to the other members of the band. So it's just me and Johnny collabing, sharing ideas, saying yes and no, and then bringing it to the band when it's complete. So yep. they can 
put the pieces together. So Tommy's going to, because he wasn't on the EP, of course, because you were a three-piece back then. So he's yes. going to record on this album. Yeah, absolute, absolutely. Um, we hope to, you know, make this album a lot more uh, fluid experience, I should say, than the EP. We want to be more professional on this album. Make, we don't want any, like, moments of spontaneity at all. We want everything pre-planned before this album. I see. Okay, well, that's a scaring for you. That's a scaring for you. And, uh, yeah, Reese is, uh, so far, are you coping with the amount of work you do, including working full-time and uh, practicing and performing and writing and all that stuff? Uh, are you coping? I'll just say this, people. If you're working full-time and you're in a band, please, for the love of God, go to bed. <laughs> Get your sleep. Because as of now, for the past week... I've at least gotten on average um, four hours sleep each night. It is, it's not, it's not fun. Because you're practicing, or because you start watching movies, or something, or something. Um, like no, it's like you know, you try, you have to fit everything in. Like I'm also doing sin, so I've got to make sure I. That's right. Yeah. Dedicate time to sin, so I think it's important for everyone to consider sleeping. If you haven't slept enough, then well, you can't really do the things you want to do, like say this. Yes, so this for those I want to be doing. For those who are confused, uh, this is a Sin Media podcast, and Sin Media is a community radio station based in Melbourne, and uh, we're at the studios right now, recording before Moshpit. Uh, Moshpit is the live. It's on FM Sin nine point seven FM. If you're in Melbourne, and you could stream it on syn.org.au or on your TuneIn app, and you know it's eight to eleven PM Australian Eastern Standard Time, and we've got punk, metal, and extreme hour. And remember, it's sin with a Y. That's right. Yeah, that's a very good point. S-Y-N. Uh, this is the Rock Capital Podcast. My name is Stefan. My guest today is Reese from Ascaran. Yes. And your, it was your idea for the next segment about Greta Van Fleet, yes, the saviors yes, of yes. rock and roll, or... Oh, oh, well, okay. So, as of two weeks ago, October 19th, that was two weeks ago. Yes, it's November the 1st right now. Yep. So we're co- recording this. I don't know when this is coming out. <laughs> Red Event Fleet released their debut album. Yep. Their first... Um, uh, what? Um, what's the name of it? Uh, LP. LP. There you go. LP. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. It was called Anthem of the Peaceful Army. And I think like any rock band... <laughs> With their debut outing, yes, um, the critics are very much so going to be over the top in their criticisms. And as soon as this album came out, oh boy, the critics went ablazing, don't you think? Well, the thing about I had a quick look at the reviews on like Metacritic and all that stuff. Um, something I did notice before the, before the album came out was I would go on ultimateguitar.com and I would just you know read articles, you know. Ultimate Guitar always like posts things of, of musicians going, Rock and Roll is dead, there'll never be his band, including something that I made for Moshpit Backstage Podcast on iTunes, my podcast that I created. Do download that, people, on iTunes, check it out. Um, so <laughs> I, right, yeah, I interviewed Scott Ian on the Moshpit Backstage Podcast, check it out. Um, and other websites like Tone Deaf, which I think is like the biggest music um, website in Australia, and um, what was the other one? It was Blubbermouth. That's where it yeah, first was mouth. spread. And then, and then, then Ultimate Guitar did one that clickbaity articles um, where they, you know, they posted as well. And I was like, wow, like how I many, like twelve million users on Ultimate Guitar? On Ultimate Guitar, and it was on their front page. So they took the bit where Scott Ian says there is no such thing. I mean, there, there will never be another band, band as big as Metallica. Probably that's pretty much all. Ultimate Guitar posts nowadays, which is fine. It gets the clicks, and all the comments were saying things like over the in many articles saying Greta Van Fleet are going to save rock and roll. That's all, all it was. That's the problem. They hyped them up yep. so badly to the point where they released their debut album, and people like Pitchfork, Pit, Pitchfork, Pitch Pit, I'm hungry, people, Pitchfork. Well, are more than happy to give Greta Van Fleet a 1.6 rating. Oh, out of 10. Uh, well, I don't know, but it's bad anyway. If yeah, even if it was out of 5, it's yeah. bad. And the, the week that review came out, I remember um, the executive producer of Moshpit, Dean Matthews, and I read that article. And we, f- we discovered something. 
I predicted this. I said to Dean, listen, you, you skim through that article and you tell me how many times is Led Zeppelin mentioned in that article? Do you know how many times it was mentioned? How many times? Seven! Seven times! Well. And it wasn't that long of an article. I mean, okay. They sound like Led Zeppelin, right? They do. And people are treating this discovery as if it's the most difficult thing to have solved in the musical history. Yes, they sound like Led Zeppelin. Who cares? Is Who what you're cares? Saying. You should have reviewed it for what the songs are. That's what. That, oh, it was. It just well, frustrated me so badly. I mean, like, you're putting this much hype for 20-year-olds who want to make music the way they want to. And the thing that pissed me off the most, yep. the thing that pissed me off the most was at the end of all, all of these critical reviews, as most of our, what I've read or what I've heard, it's that they've come to the conclusion that Greta Van Fleet are not the saviors of rock and roll, but yet they are the beginning of the apocalypse, which is basically, oh, they just sound like what was original. What, so they're Nickelback again or the next Imagine Dragons or something like that? Yeah, they're just basically representative of what corporate um, music it wants. Well, basically. people saying that you know, they and had a big major label push. I I couldn't disagree more because who who would say that the world needs another exact Led Zeppelin? So you're saying that you highly doubt that a major label would actually push a band that just sounds like music from 40 years ago because all people want is pop music. Look, picture this. Not long before Greta Van Fleet were big, you know what Led Zeppelin were doing? What? They were remastering and remixing everything. Yeah. Over and over and over again. So I don't know who in their right minds would think to themselves, oh, people are getting like more bonus tracks or more remastered tracks. We need another alternative version of Led Zeppelin to match that. I don't think people could think like that to be honest with you well this brings me to did you watch um so from the needle drop anthony fantano oh yeah or as i like to call him right now anthony slam tano this is what i'm talking about exactly what he said is that he, he compared greta van fleet to the apocalypse of music basically well that, you know he, he exaggerated a lot but i don't, I don't did he say a pop, pop, pop no, no, this, I watched is, that this, today. this is my opinion of what yeah. he had to say yeah and I think it. I think it's out of line. I'm just going to say it's out of line, just because it's over the top. It's an over the top statement, yep. really. And have you listened to the album, by the way? Okay, so here's the thing. I was listening to it. To, I, the first time I listened to it, like a, maybe a week or two ago, I didn't really pay much attention to it because I think I was just busy doing other stuff. But I did listen to it. And then, like, today, you know, keep in mind with everything we're talking about. And I was listening to it. And the second song in particular, what's it called? Um, let me get that. The cold, the cold Wind. Oh, I didn't, the Cold Wind. Okay. I didn't listen to the whole thing, just, like, the first five or six songs. But yeah. when I got to The Cold Wind, I was like, wow. Like, this sounds a lot like, especially the drumming, Good Times, Bad Times. Sounds like the whole time I'm just imagining... John Bonham performing Good Times, Bad Times. The drumming sound like that. And the first song didn't sound... The first song on the album didn't sound too much like Led Zeppelin, but the second song, it definitely does. Okay, fine. They sound like Led Zeppelin, but there are subtle differences. Okay. Yes, that does sound like... Okay, but hang on, hang on. That's the mountain in the sun. Stay with me, people. Of the sun. Stay with me, people. If you want to talk about similarities between Led Zeppelin, you can hear it. Yes. But there are subtle differences. There are subtle differences, okay? Now, let's talk about the vocalist, for instance. That's where the most criticism is coming in, right? Yep. Do you think he sounds exactly like Robert Plant? You know, the funny thing is, apparently, I read today that Robert Plant said that he said that the band was his favorite up-and-coming band and that the band sounds like Led Zeppelin 1. <laughs> It just gets worse and worse. <laughs> Look, but I like in, the in, music. I, I, he, do, he, did, he did have a positive message for the band, uh, and he was pretty funny about it, actually, because he was like, oh, they say they don't sound like me. And then he goes... <laughs> <laughs> His name is Josh Kitzka, right? Yep. His voice is more raw than Robert Plant's, okay? Now, he can, like Robert Plant, 
can have a rich baritone voice. Yeah. But his voice is more out of control than Robert Plant's. As in, like, the wailing is more out of control. Robert Plant's is a bit more richer. Yep. Now, the first song, what I think that sounds a bit more like a Yes song because it's a long, progressive rock song. Yeah, his right? voice definitely sounds different on that song, I thought. And it's, more, and it's just more flowy. Yep. So I think it'd be better if you say this, there's 70s influence. Okay. I mean, okay, you can mention Led Zeppelin, fine. But yep. for the love of God, do you need to mention it like every paragraph you write? Is that necessary, you think? Well, like, the truth is, like, especially listen to that s- song, like I said, that's all I could think about. It's true, though. Uh, I don't think these kids, in like, they, they've avoided this topic. It's like when Nickelback, when you want when you look on the int- internets or the intimates and you look for Nickelback respond to criticism, it, they don't do it. They ignore it. They keep going. Or they make jokes. Or they make jokes. I think Greta Van Fleet are doing the same thing. They're not addressing that they take influence from Led Zeppelin, sound like Led Zeppelin or whatever. They're just moving on. Well, they just got a new album out, so they're going to tour they, on it. So I don't, think yeah. I don't think they're going to necessarily move on from the album. So but if you ha- mean... How far in the album are you? I only listened to like the first four or five songs. Okay. But what I heard was good. What What you need to know is that it's been getting mixed reviews. At, yes, I've seen that, yes. That's our, so, in my opinion, my opinion, people, it is not the greatest thing, okay? But... There are some great songs on there. Yeah. Okay? There are some great songs. The first song I really liked, When the Curtain Falls, I did like When the Curtain Falls. I also like the song Anthem, and I also like the song You're the One, and I also like the song Lover Lever, which is one I'm playing on Mosh Pit tonight. Nice. On the Metal Hour. Check us out. You'll love it, people. <laughs> so, um, do you think, um, you know, there was a lot of criticism towards Wolf Mother when they came out, comparing them to Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath in particular. Uh, do you think there's... Can the same apply to Wolf Mother? Because I feel like Wolf Mother, yeah, at least at least they combined two bands, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. I, in I a don't, way, I don't really hear Black Sabbath though. Well, in- their riffs are, you know, the voices, the voice he sounds like um, is Led Zeppelin. The vocals and the riffs are a bit more Black Sabbath. I He's think He's a bit more restrained. I think. Yeah. With Wolf Mother, um, yeah, it's the same deal. Like when that, I remember like. When that first album came out, it, it's the same... It was di- pretty massive. It was pretty massive, especially the Joker and the Thief song. And Woman as well. And Woman. Yeah. A woman! I can't sing today. Sorry, guys. But. And I think, like, you know, even, like, Lars Ulrich from Metallica said that he was one of his favorite albums. He would listen to it all, every day. So, that, that album was pretty huge. That album was pretty huge, and... Well, you know, they're still around. They're still around. In fact, Andrew Stockdale just is about to... Re- I don't, actually, I don't know. He's, He's about to release, or... He's just released his He's about to release solo. his second solo album. Yeah, yeah. Which, and I thought Wolf Muller was kind of his solo thing now because the original band, Drinch members left. Do you find that weird that, like, it's just back and forth now? It's kind of like Genesis. Okay. I actually I actually know what happened. So, Oh, you know what happened. Okay, so what I understand of it. So the first album comes out that he had, like, there was three original members. During that time, the uh, two of them left. So right now it was Andrew Stockdale, who's the guitarist and lead vocalist. The other two guys left. And that, it kind of became his thing, but he would hire other musicians. I think at least one member's been there since like 2007 or 2008 or something. Yeah. And then they released Cosmic Egg, which, you know, people are like, wow, this sounds exactly like the first one. But, you know, it's still good. It's it was still a good, a good album. album, yeah. Yes, but, it, you know, so it's like, you know, I guess he was, you know, he, he was very much responsible for a lot of the sound on the first album. Yeah. And then... Um, that third... I think they took a break for a little while. They took a break, and then he released an album under his... Own name. Own name, which also sounds like Wolf Mother. And, and then, like, the same people from the last album. Well, the, he kept changing members. Like, he would hire somebody for one tour, and then someone to record. But a couple of members would stay. And he was like, I don't, I don't want to perform under Wolf Mother. He was the original three, including the bass player, who I believe actually named the band. But the problem was... The album was good. It sounded like Wolf, Wolf Mother. The shows weren't selling under the Andrew Stockdale name. So he had to go back to Wolf Mother, and that's explain, that explains the third album. The third album, which kind of popped out of nowhere on Bandcamp for, like, it was, it was you could buy it for cheap. And I listened to it, and it sounded a bit too rushed. Like, some people would say, oh, kind of like the first album sounds a bit raw, but it sounded too raw. But there are some qualities to it, though. Yeah, but I, the fourth album, which came after it, pretty soon actually it sounded a lot better it sounded a bit more posh and 
yeah. polished. Uh, polished. Polished, that's the word. And it had at least two singles that were released Victorious. on radio, and you could probably still hear today now. I liked Victorious. Did you like yeah, Victorious? Yeah, and so, you know, it's kind of like it didn't reach the heights of that first album, but it's probably their first major comeback, really. Although yeah. the second album probably did okay. And we saw Wolf Mother at Guns N' Roses. They opened for them. Yeah, but the, they didn't sound great. And Yeah, I th- like at the beginning it was a sound problem, and then... I think people were getting very restless at that point. When I saw them at ACDC back in 2010, they were, they sounded really great. So I don't know why they didn't sound so good this time. How many members did they have at ACDC? Uh, I think it was four. And, okay, so how many members at Guns N' Roses? Four three. or five. Or was it three? It I was don't know. three. So it was Andrew Stockdale on the guitar and the vocals. Yep. And then you had the bass player who was also doing the organ. Mm. And you had the drummer. Okay. So I think... Maybe Wolf Mother can. Maybe Wolf Mother just needs the fourth or fifth member. You know what I mean? Just to get. That. I think they might have because um, when they when he replaced the original band, there was a fourth member to play keys and guitar at the same time. So I, I don't know what happens now because they keep changing members. But then I think I read about this today. This the reason this is a second al- second solo album is because he actually did pretty much do it all himself. As in, he was in L.A. And he just did most of the instruments himself, and he just called who was available to do any extra help. So mostly all of it was wasn't like, okay, here's some songs. Where's the Wolf Mother Band coming out? Let's record these songs. He's like he did the whole thing himself. Who's available? Come do this. Come do that. That's why I think I haven't actually heard any of the new songs. I think a few songs are out. I'm not sure if the album's out. Have you heard any of it? No. Okay, well, we'll have to listen to it later. Yeah. We'll report back next time. Next time. Next time you come on. We'll next s- time I come on, yeah. Next time I come we'll do a review of the new solo album. Yes. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on in rock. So, did you know that Def Leppard, uh, just, I saw this today, just a few weeks ago, apparently they released a Christmas song, but I only found out about this today. I, I, I was on Spotify looking up the Hysteria album, which we'll be talking about later, actually. And you saw it? And I saw the Christmas song, I'm like... Have Def Leppard done this before? And they, they've they never done a Christmas song before. Mm. So this is their first Christmas single, which I find quite concerning. I didn't actually listen to it. I listened to like 10 seconds of it, but I was doing something else. What was it like? What was it like? What was oh, it yeah, like? I think it was, it was kind of like an acoustic kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. But it sounded okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll listen See, to it later. Does it, does it, is it we'll, we'll review it closer to Christmas. Is it a concern for us? that they're doing a Christmas single because doesn't that mean like they want just they're, they're concerned about their sales and they want to do a Christmas well they didn't they do a show with Taylor Swift so well they are a pop rock band so I well they were originally a pop metal band and still, now they're still more like a there. pop I mean, record yeah that's true yeah well but then again she's country pop they're oh I know they're still pop continue don't listen to me don't listen to me they are touring um, well, we're actually seeing... We're, this we're is 1st November, like we said. Next Thursday, I believe, is when we're going to see them with Scorpions. That's going to be a great show. And this is uh, this is the funny thing. It's like, I remember at the time that the show was announced, I was thinking, like, two things I was thinking. One, will Scorpions finally tour here? Because they've been around for about 50 years, I think, at this point. Yeah. They've only done a single show in Australia at that point. It was one Melbourne headliner that just happened to be on the way. Then... They announced not only were Scorpions going to support Def Leppard on this tour, they were going to play one of my favorite albums of all time, Hysteria, in full. This is legit the perfect show that I had to go to. This is what I wanted to hear. This, this is this is basically the show you've wanted to see since ever since. Well, basically, you, you've heard of Def Leppard, basically, and Scorpions. Yes, I've been wanting to this for a long time because um, I've only just recently gone into the Scorpions in, because like, you know, on the, on the, on like the radio, you'll hear a couple of their songs. Yeah. It's usually Rocky like a hurricane or yeah. winter change. Yes. But you, you go in deeper and deeper and deeper. They had like, like their peak was like album 10, 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> or that, nine, that's yeah. dedication because they kept going because they had yeah. so many lineup changes and all that stuff. And by album 10, they, they finally hit like Bon Jovi peak as well. Yeah. Back in the 80s, even though they started in the 70s, I guess. A handful of bands did yeah. that as well. Um, so that's pretty exciting that, uh, you know, outside of Melbourne, you'll be able to hear um, Scorpions for the first time in this country, supporting Def Leppard, performing one of, Leppard performing one of the greatest albums ever made. Because for me, um, I'm not the biggest Def Leppard fan, as in like, you know, I don't know all their albums back to front. I know Pyromania pretty well. I know... Obviously, I know Hysteria because that's one of my favorite albums ever. The rest, I kind of like know the singles or the big songs. I've listened to the first album. Yeah. It's okay. 
It's yeah, it's like the other. It's, it's, it's for its time. We'll just say that it's yeah. for its time. And the latest album they released, uh, the self-titled was pretty good. We belong. Yeah, that was a great track. You or, know why? Yeah, because the other members sang. On yes, it. I love that. I love it when bands do that. I love it when they just like, come on, guys, let's all get on the mic. <laughs> and uh, Man Enough's a good song too, and Dangerous. Let's go. Yeah, that's a good one too. It, it sort of harkens hysteria, I mm. think. Now, I'm I'm thinking that, uh, I'm assuming that Scorpions will do pretty well on this. Um, I'm assuming that Scorpions are going to do pretty well on this tour, and maybe they'll come back next year, or maybe the year after. I mean, they're pretty old. They don't have a lot of time left. Well, you never know. They could still go into their 70s. Because well, that's, that's the next... Two albums ago, I think it was... Was it Singing the Tale or something? Um, was supposed to be their last album and their last tour. But then they're like, Oh, you know what? Let's just keep going. They did John Farnham. They're doing a John Farnham, you think? Well, they did. Because they oh. literally announced that Singing the Tale was going to be their last album. And their last tour. And then they're like, Oh, we'll continue. Then they release a new album. And they're still touring. I think that's what a lot of people do. Like, Kiss have announced, have done their farewell tours so many times. Well, I'm assuming this one's for real because they're old. Well, Same with Slayer. On, they're not... I don't think they do it because they're old. I think, like, maybe, oh, he can't sing or he can't play anymore. Like, you know. Yeah. I think, I think if either the singer or one of the two main guitar players have had enough, then it's over. Then the, Scorpion, then the Scorpions are over. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. Well, um, like we said before, if you, just, if you just skipped in for some reason, <laughs> this is the Rock Capital Podcast. Uh, let's plug Moshpit. Moshpit is on Sin 90.7 FM, 8 to 11 p.m. on Thursdays. Tune in, syn.org.au if you want to stream it, if you're outside of Melbourne. You can also use a digital radio to listen to it, I'm pretty sure. And uh, I have a podcast called Moshpit Backstage, which is actually uh, mostly the interviews from Moshpit onto there <laughs> and a couple of other interesting stuff. It's on iTunes. You know, subscribe, raise five stars. Do the same for this podcast, too, wherever you're listening to it from. And we don't have an intro for it yet, our artwork, but by the time you hear this, we probably will. And you know what the funny thing was? I listened to um, Iscarian's interview with Mosh Pickbat stage. Yep. You like it? I did. And to be honest with you, we gave you a lot of crap as well, because we just talked and talked and talked forever, Ben. Well, it was a fun interview. That's why it was good for the podcast, too. Because yeah. um, that's a good thing about the Moshpit Backstage podcast is that for Moshpit, the radio show, we've got to play music and other stuff. So we only do play like a three to five minute clip from the interview. And then the Moshpit Backstage interview is like 20 minutes or more, mm-hmm. maybe longer than that. And you guys were nice enough to include one of your songs into the podcast, which yeah, we usually yeah. can't do. We don't have the online rights to songs, but... Uh, they're an independent band, and Scarion gave us permission to play uh, Pinnacle of Neglect, I think it was. Self-owned. So you can listen to it. And you know what? I think I'll probably have that interview onto this podcast as well as a bonus. Why not? Bonus if you yeah. can answer these questions. No, I'm kidding. You don't have to answer any And, uh, you know, follow me Twitter at Stefan Bradley 3 That's S-T-E-F-A-N-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-3. Uh, Race, where can we find Scarion? You can find Scarion on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, and, t- well, not really Twitter. We don't have a Twitter account yet, but if you want us to have a Twitter account, you can message us on Facebook. That's where we're usually at, or even Instagram if you want. You can check out our photos. We gig a lot. And also, if you are concerned with anything Scarion-wise, you can come contact us on Facebook. That's I've already mentioned that. But anyway... Moving on, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame time. Well, the nominees have been And at the top of the list is our good old Def Leppard. It's about time, right? And Stevie Nicks. Well, yeah, Stevie Nicks. There's also Janet Jackson. Does she do rock or she just do pop? Uh, pop. Okay, well, I know that like, Michael Jackson makes sense because, you know, he's got Beat It and Black and White, and those were pretty big. You know, you had Slash on Black and White, you had um, Eddie Van Halen on Beat It, and those are both pretty big songs. I'm sure he's got other ones too. <laughs> Indeed. I don't know about Janet Jackson. Who's, I don't know who John Prine is. John Prine? John Prine? How do you spell his name? John. P-R-I-N-E. Here's the list. I'll pass All it right. to you. So, le- Stefan's given me a list. It's basically John Prine. I don't know who that is. But looking at this list now, it's not It's not a bad list. Like, you got Ton- Todd Rundgren, a famous, like, one of the f- most famous rock producers of all time. Do you know what he's done? What's he done? Bad out of, he produced Bad Out of Hell. Oh. He's also done solo stuff. He's also he's done countless stuff. Basically. Well, then, yeah, he's great, then. And you also got The Cure. The Cure will be Zombies. good. 
The zombies. Um, the zombies. They're a classic rock band. Yeah, I was getting confused with the cranberries. Oh. Because they have that song called Zombie, right? Yeah. But yes. The zombies are, you know, yes. uh, the time of the yes. season. They're old. They're a much older band. Yes. They're still touring, actually. But, okay, so we got Devo. I don't really D- know. Devo. Sorry, Devo. Sorry. You don't know Devo? Not really. Oh, could I possibly indulge you in a, just a little snippet of a song that they do? You'll uh, know it. Okay. If we do that. dun 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 Oh, yes. Well, yeah, just for that song alone, they should be in. Okay, so I did look up, I had time to look up one, Kraftwerk, they're German. Oh, they're they're a German electronic band. But what? This is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I think, like, the people who own the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame don't understand, like, they they understand the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a music Hall of Fame, not as a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's just frustrating. And it needs like, more metal bands. You should check out Paul Stanley's speech at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Basically, all your frustrations are basically put on a platter by Paul Stanley, which is pretty cool. Okay, so we got LL, LL Cool J. Look, Rapper. does he do any rock stuff? I don't know. He's incorporated rock into his samples, okay. music-wise, but he's not. He's not a rock star. I or mean, a rock musician. When they he's... put when they put Grandmaster Flash in, I was like, because he he like if I I may be wrong because I don't know hip hop. I think he pioneered like the turntable as like an instrument. He pioneered the turntable, and that's yeah. you know that goes into like new metal and all that other kind of stuff. But what does Look, LA Cool uh, like, I think like they did um Run DMC. They in, they inducted them. You know Run DMC. Yes. Like, the only thing I can think of that associates them with rock is that they've had Walk This Way, which is, like, the big single that helped Aerosmith get back their popularity. Yeah. That's true. That's it. But I just... I'm with you on this in that I don't understand why they can't, you know... If they want to have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they can't just have a hip-hop Hall of Fame or a pop Hall of Fame. Or maybe... We can all come together, rename the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the Music Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, okay, so this, this is who I think they can include. They can include blues music- musicians, a certain a certain uh, type of blues musicians. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, rock, normal rock musicians. Pop and rock, to a certain degree, depends on the artist, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes pop is really just like soft rock in a way. Like, it's just a bunch of chords with guitars, and that's fine. Obviously, you can include punk. You can include metal. You know, you can have a couple of death metal bands, not all of them, but like a I'd, handful of them. I'd say... They can maybe induct death. Death, absolutely. And maybe Cannibal Corpse, because those are probably the two most popular death metal bands. Yes. So because it's really kind of a popularity contest at this point, for the most part. Yeah. True. 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 Okay. So we got MC Five, and we got. You know MC Five? Are they hip hop? No, they're actually um, a pro uh, like they're like a punk rock band. Oh, okay. They're like, yeah. but they're old. I don't really know that many punk bands, honestly, especially the old stuff. I know, like, history of rock and roll and metal. I don't really know anything about punk. And we've got Radiohead. Great choice. That, that makes sense, yes. Rage Against Machine. That great choice. We've got to talk about the their self-titled album later. Maybe, maybe we've got to rank that one, too, later. Ooh. Roxy Music. You know Roxy Music? Not really. Oh, uh, so they're basically New Wave, but they do they do deserve that to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, drums. New Wave is kind of in that New genre. Wave has guitars, bass, and drums. I yeah. Rufus featuring Chaka Khan. Okay, funk. That's a funk band. That's rock, right? Is no, it like the no, funk okay, guitar? Like, um, Rufus and Chaka Khan, um, I'd say they were more pop than rock. Yep. That's 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 just me. I see. I don't think Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is necessary. But S- if they wanted to just put them in a the Hall of Fame, then go for it. They're a great band, but not rock and roll. Okay, so Stevie Nicks is... Yeah, that makes sense. So the her band, they're in there, right? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. She was in Heavy Metal, one of her songs. The movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. One of her songs is in Heavy Metal. Surprisingly, does not feature... Or they, does it feature heavy metal songs? It or has r- those two Don Felder from the Eagles. He had he wrote favorite, a couple of metal songs from there. My favorite Don Felder tracks ever. Yeah, they're pretty good, actually. I love Taking a Ride. That is a fantastic track. Yeah. And uh, The Cure, as you mentioned before. You know The Cure? Yes. And good. The Zombies. The Zombies, yes. Yeah. Todd Rundgren. Tom Rundgren. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong even. What's he from? Oh, okay. So basically he started out as like an engineer and then he pursued his way to producer and solo artist. And now he's like this, he's a really revered um, figure in rock and roll. How old is he? 70s. Okay. um, Wait, he's in his 70s or he's from the 70s? He's from the 70s. Have you seen that 70s show? Yeah. He's in one of the episodes. Oh, okay. He's not in one of the, he's mentioned in, they go to a Todd Rundgren concert. I see. You should check it out. Okay. So I... I can't remember how many, because not all of them will get in, 
but I don't... How many is it? Is it, is it usually like five or ten to get in? About six. Okay, let's just say... Let's say six. So I'm hoping Def Leppard. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Rage Against the Machine. They're important. Yes. I'm hoping The Cure. That's yes. three. Zombies. Uh, Radiohead. Radiohead. Mm. I need one more. I'll say Todd Rundgren. Okay. Well, I'm pretty much with you on that. Um, on all those, I guess. I just want... Obviously, like, you know, we could we could do a different segment another time, but, you know, obviously, like, you need Slayer in there and Anthrax in there, Megadeth especially. Yeah, they're, they're very important. They're, the, they're part of the big four. We all we all know the one band that's already in the little band. Metallica. Metallica yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, that's... Yeah, we keep, keep talking about Def Leppard then, by all means. Def Leppard should have been there before. They're pretty huge. The, the problem with that is that when, they, when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame started in the late 80s, they had so many artists to get in from that point. So they started with, like, the pioneers of rock. So, like, Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, B.B. Um, King, even. Well, that that's a great list to start off with. Even Aretha Franklin's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm a huge Bon Jovi fan, as a you, and yeah. I would defend them being in there. Are they in there? I yeah, they, they, were. Got, they were in this year. Oh, this year? Bon Jovi, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Richie's oh no, that's right! I remember Richie was in there, and yeah. the original bass player, Alex John Sush. I think Sush's name is whatever his name is. And you know what makes me happy about that? Yeah, and they got Huey McDonald in. Yeah, they got they 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 you know they're not at war with each other like some other bands are. Yeah, they're happy that they're in this situation, and yeah. Look, I love Bon Jovi, but clearly, um, Def Leppard should have been in there before them. Really? Um, Why? Well, because first of all, they've been around longer. Well, like about four years, maybe. Yeah. But uh, still a long time. And, uh, um, well, okay. Uh, but I guess Bon Jovi was more commercially successful. Yeah, impact. Like Bon Jovi's more yeah, successful. Yeah, I would say, like, you know, I don't think people should underestimate uh, how impactful they were. There is um, this, um, if you look up the podcast by Slade, I think it is, or Slate, they have a podcast about Bon Jovi and why he deserved to be in there, despite the fact that the guy hates Bon Jovi, the, <laughs> the guy who runs the podcast. Um, just maybe Google that or look it up on iTunes. Anyway... Moving on, we're going to start ranking. Did you get your rank ready? I've got the album out, so you know what? I'm going to let you do the ranking first, if that's okay. Okay, so starting from least favorite to favorite. All right. Now, so you you name your least favorite, and then I'll name my least favorite straight after. Okay. Okay. You know, when I was listening to this, because this is, what, this, like I said, my favorite, one of my favorite albums ever. Even the weaker songs are still great. In my opinion, there's no weak out and there's no weak song. However, I'm saying that the song that um, I'm least in love with is Don't Shoot Shotgun. I'm on par with that song and Excitable. Well, you have to pick one. I have to pick one? Yeah. There's no like. Yeah, you have to. Uh, Okay, you got three seconds. Three, two, one. Excitable. Okay, there you go. The reason is, is that those, like, okay, obviously, Don't Shoot Shotgun is obviously second last. Yeah. Because I just think by this point in the album, I want to. I just think they weren't as energetic as the other big, booming, crashing, basically singles of the other. Well, I think I like that song. It's a bit higher off my list, but don't shoot shotgun. You know, um, I'm not really a fan of. You know, like I said, every every so-called negative thing I say about any of these songs on this album is just comparing it to everything else on the album. Because, like I said, everything's great. The run for cover. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit cheesy, but, uh, you know, on, on, on the actual song during the choruses later on in the song, it sounds okay. And the rest of the song still packs a pretty good punch. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't think they packed enough punch. You know, they're trying to do the little can't buy me love thing. Can't buy me love, love by putting don't shoot shotgun up yeah. the front. All right. What's your next? What's okay. Your... My next one is love and affection. The final song. And the reason is oh. I do like that song because I like every song, obviously, but I feel like Hysteria, it's a lot like Hysteria, and I think Hysteria is superior. Hysteria is superior! Alright, okay. Well, obviously, uh, you know what my next one is, is Don't Shoot Shotgun, because yes. that's... Alright, next. Now, this is really hard. I must say that... Yeah, it, it gets hard from here, doesn't because it? Because this album, like, I've listened to this album for years. So if you asked me this, like, a year ago, even when I first started hearing this album, maybe, like, over ten years ago, I would have given you a completely different list. So this is right now, yeah. and it's my opinion, so it might even change yeah. by the time you hear this. Yeah. But right now, my the next one is Love Bites. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. But at, at a, probably if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, it would have been way higher. But at the moment, I'm not feeling as much as the other songs. It's still a great song. Okay. Still a great song. I'm on the same sort of phase as you. Like, from here on, I like the songs. Yeah. So I'm going to say Woman next. Woman? Yeah. 
Not because I hate it, it's just because I feel like it should be there. You love all the songs, right? I. So the one you put last was Excitable. You, you still like that song? To a certain degree, yes. Okay. Like I like it because it is consistent with the album. Yes. But I just feel like it doesn't break out of the mold like the other songs but do. But it's, it's not a filler. It's a good song. It comes, still. it comes marginally close to filler for me okay. in the history, and it's still a great album with it. Okay, all right. So I'm, we're both on three songs. Yep. Okay. So, so. To, to recap, uh, excitable, then don't shoot shotgun, and then women. Here's a pen. Thank. Stefan just gave me a pen. He loves me. Yes, I do. Okay. So next is this will be a shocker to you, I think, Reese. Armageddon. It. Now, oh, really? Yep. Now that's um. You know, the big songs, this was never really like, and I guess for those who aren't really familiar with this album, uh, Armageddon It, obviously like it's spelled like Armageddon and It, obviously it means I'm a getting it or something like that. That was the point. If you're not if you're not familiar with the with that's the really, album. That's really a shame. But I really, I do like the song. It's just not one of my favorites. I can't really say anything okay. else other than that. All right. I'll, I'll match. I'll, I'll match that now. Um, number four for me, Run Riot. Really? Mm. No, okay. I love Run Right. I think it has a great chorus. That yep, chorus I love that. is killer. It's just that I think it just needs to be there in my list, I think. Hmm. I love I think, the energy on that song. Yes. I think like it's superior to the one that comes before, which is Don't Shoot Shotgun. I think they were put together because they they, they shoot, seem kind of similar in a way. Don't Shoot Shotgun was actually the first song written for this album. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess talk up, it all went up from there. And next one would be, for me, Excitable. Oh, I do okay. think it's a fun. I do think it's a fun one. Like it's mid tempo, and I think it's got a it's got a good crunch to the riff. So I like it. I like Excitable a lot. All right. Especially at the moment. Maybe ask me a year ago or two, it might have been at the bottom, but I I like it at the moment. All right. So my number five pick is Love and Affection. Mm. I loved Love and Affection. I like that they put it last on the album because it's a nice little ballad to sort of end things. It's a nice little. It is. It's not as long as you think as well. Yeah. Do you agree, but do you agree, though, with me, which to me, I think it's like Hysteria, but Hysteria is better. That's what it feels like to oh, me. Oh, the like, song. Like, this, they're, they're both the same. They're, they're similar. Not the I'd same, say, I say Hysteria is much better. And But you got, you think, you th- they're kind of similar, though, don't you think? Yes, yes. But I'd still like Love and Affection because it reminds me of yeah. Hysteria. And I like Hysteria because it reminds Do they just use the same chords in the same song? Do they? I think so. <laughs> well, there you go. That, that's just, that just explains well, yeah. it. I'm not a muso, so I wouldn't know that. But uh, the, <laughs> the next one on my list is is Woman, and I like Woman a lot. And uh, when I first started listening to this album, actually, like, you know how, like, you get an album and you just, you listen to the first song, you listen to the second song, and then maybe just keep listening to those first two songs over and over? Do you ever do that? You just can't be bothered listening to the rest of it? Cause you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to only to, to Woman and Rocket just for a while. So for a while... Those were the only two songs I knew off that album. I didn't even get to pour some sugar on me. But yeah, I really dig... I still dig Woman today. I think it's uh, yeah, I think I, it's an I, underrated I, one. I can dig Woman. I like yeah. it as an opening track. It's an underrated one, I think. Um, okay, my number six. Um, I'm going to say Rocket. Rocket. Mm, yeah. Controversial. I, I know. But I, the reason why I've put it there, I like Rocket, but it's just too long. Six, yeah. It's nearly seven minutes long. There is a uh, radio edit which cuts out a lot of the middle section. Oh, it does? Yeah, get the Grace Hits album and you'll be able to... No, you've got to get the album versions. That's how they intended. Yeah, like, but you just said it was too long. So it is, I'm telling you that yeah, there's but it's, a Yeah, intended it to be that long. So yeah. that's why I didn't... Yeah. Well, have a listen to it, I think. Number um, seven, please. I love it. Okay, well, my next one is Run Riot. Um, oh, okay. I do enjoy Run Riot a lot. Um, for the energy, I think, in my opinion, like... Don't shoot shotgun. It's just a warm up to that. So that's it, really. And what's next for you? Okay, um, I'm gonna say, pour some sugar on me. Mm. For you, trivial freaks out there, this song, pour some sugar on me, was actually the last song written for this album. It was. It was a last minute. <laughs> I I can't believe that because it's their main single. It's, it's their, their biggest song ever. I can't, I still, I, it's, it still gets me today that this song was the last song. It was just like, oh, I've got this idea for a song. You want to hear it? Well, the album's as long as it is already. I'll talk about Pour Some Sugar On Me when I get to it. But my next one is the title track, Hysteria. Fair statement. I do love it. I love Hysteria too. Yeah. My next track is Gods of War. Mm. I love that track so much. So are we, so we're at the, um, you're at the I loving songs you love yeah. right now. I would um, say, yeah, from when I got to Run Riot is when I would say I got to the songs I really love. Yes. 
And right now I'm on Hysteria and you're on God's, God's War. War. You love that song? I yeah, it's great. it's great. I love great it. Song. And uh, to say I love it more than Pour Some Sugar On Me, that's saying something, I think. Yes. Now, for me, next is Pour Some Sugar On Me. Oh, number Now, you ever hear, I finally, when I finally actually did end up listening to the album full, you get to this one, and you ever listen to an album and hear a song, and you're like, what the hell? And then you listen to the song over and over and over again. This is one of those songs that I listened to over and over and over again, that if, if you could see my iTunes things, it would probably be like, what well, woman, like... 10, 20 times, rock it 30, 40, and then pour some sugar on me like 100 times on my iTunes. Listen, I listened to this song so much. So if you asked me back then what my favorite song would have been, it would have been, of course, pour some sugar on me. But now it's, um, you know, I like some of their other songs better. It's still a great song because it had that, no wonder it came huge because the moment you hear it the first time, it's like, what? what is this, you know? Yeah. It sounds so good. So that's your pick for the next, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll match that with Armageddon because I, I was obsessed with Armageddon for a little bit, actually. Mm. You could yeah. almost say I am in love with Armageddon as much as I am with Gods of War. It is a great track. Not one of my personal favorites, but then my next one is this. Okay. <sighs> top three was so hard. Yeah, top three. Rocket for me. Rocket. Because I listened to this song heaps as well. At, at a certain point, it's probably would have been second, okay. if you asked me years ago, but right now it's third. Uh, third for me is Love Bites. Love Bites. Ooh. Now, that is a killer ballad, I have to say. Mm. Like, the chorus. Like, this album is the album for choruses, basically. Yes. And Love Bites just sort of... It, it does have a bite. And you love it It does. It. It's yeah. a love bite. Yay! Yeah, the guitar sounds so good on this oh, album. Yeah. All the songs, like when you like when you haven't heard this album for a while and you put it on again, some of the guitars they still have a good bite to them. Like they have good bite because I think they had great chemistry. And this yeah, is like the only album that Steve Clark and Phil Collin were like major players. Yeah. Um, okay, so now my number two, and like I said, this is really hard, is Animal. It's Animal. Okay. Animal is one of those songs where I can't even explain why it's a good song. Like when you listen to it, I mean, when you think about it, it's a, it's it's not, it's kind of like a generic song. There isn't anything special about it. It's just you know, there's an intro, there is a verse, then there's a chorus, and then goes again. But it's something about it is it sounds so good. And this is, I think, the song they worked on for the most amount of time, like three years. And then, you, so you compare it to something like, you know, Gods of War or Rocket, and you're like, it took you three years to make Animal, but then you have a song like Gods of War or Rocket, which goes absolutely crazy. Yeah. But it's still such a good song. It's like the perfect so song. In saying that Animal is number two, your number one is Hysteria. I already said Hysteria. Well, you already said Hysteria. Yeah, so anyway, that's Animal. What's yours? Second. Hysteria. Hysteria is your second favorite? Yeah, because it's like, for the time... It um, at the, for the time in the band, you know what I mean. Yep. It um, basically hysteria is a good way to put it because they went through so much stuff. Like their producer had a car accident, their drummer had a car accident. Joe Elliott got the mumps. Yep. And they're all tired and exhausted from like the success of the previous album. Yeah, it and took them a long time to get that album out. Like yeah, four years. I was 90, ages in that. In eighty-seven. In, in those in those years, like. And I, I'm glad it came out. Um, the way it did because they sort of persevered through all the craziness. Rick Allen was able to sort of conquer like all of his disabilities and play an electric drum kit, and that's what's pivotal to the album. I that think. is a real band. Like, like let's let's, let's we're not going to kick him out of the band. We're going to build him his own custom kit, and he's going to stay in the band. Yeah, that's and an incredible it story. Works. It really works. Yes. And um, the other thing is, is that people's, the podcast I mentioned before about the one about Bon Jovi being the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the guy says that he reckons that if Def Leppard hadn't delayed, you know, the release of Hysteria or they they released an album quick, quicker, they would have been they would have taken Bon Jovi's place as like the biggest rock and roll band at that time. Yeah. But you never you would never know because Hysteria is still a big album and it was a long album. It was, it's over an hour, I think. It's, or like fifty minutes or something. It's just over an hour, and it was apparently so long for vinyl at the time. And it's still. Really good. No filler tracks, in my opinion, at least. Okay, so Animal is my second favorite, and your second favorite is Hysteria. Yep. And my number one is Gods of War right now. Oh, wow. I okay. love Gods of War. I've been listening to it over and over, and it's funny when you listen to it now, it seems even more relevant today than it was back then, back in what's in the news. It is it is a rather exciting track. That's why it's in my top five. <laughs> yes. 
But uh, what's your number one? Uh, animal. Well, there you go. Animal is such a perfect song, and we can you explain why it's so good? It's it's unpredictable. Well, I suppose because so. it's such a different. It's two different keys in the same song. It's oh, like, is it? In, in the start is very sweet. It's like um, I, I can see you can see the work gone into this song. It is a great song. Yep. And you can see everyone doing their job. You can hear it. You can, and yeah, I can see why they called it animal because it was such an animal thing to write. I can imagine if it took them three years. Well, just to recap, so my list is from worst, from well, not worst, from least favorite to favorite. Don't shoot shotgun. Love and affection. Love bites. Armageddon. It. Excitable. Woman. Run right. Hysteria. Pour some sugar on me. Rocket. Animal. Gods of war. Don't at me. If you're on Twitter, you know what that means. But you can at me at Stefan Bradley three. If you disagree. Uh, and my list was from least favorite to best is um. Excitable, don't shoot shotgun, women run right, love and affection, rocket, pour some, gods of war, Armageddon, love bites, hysteria, and then animal. That is my hysteria. That was a good, go. that was good. I like doing that. That was a fun segment. You yeah. know what? And the album overall, fantastic. One of the greatest, one of my favorites. That's from why I'm 80s. so excited. Yeah. Yes, from that's why I'm so excited for the show. Every song is so good. Every song. It's going to be played in order too, so you get the album experience yes so i'm incredibly excited for that because like i said i'm not the biggest def leppard fan i don't know all their songs we're gonna go in the last segment and i decided to leave this last for those who aren't interested in this because this is a music podcast we're gonna talk about the because ha- it was halloween yesterday yes and we saw halloween um the movie and i don't know when this is gonna come up this this uh, podcast will be released so we decided but we decided for the horror punk fans, you know, those who like Misfits, for the black metal or the death metal fans who like Cannibal Corpse, you know the thing about Cannibal Corpse, as you know, Reese, is that yeah. the idea of that band was, because, you know, they get a lot of controversy for their violent lyrics, but for them, the, the concept for them is all their songs are basically mi- mini horror movies, so you could take any of their songs and just create a horror movie out of yeah. them. That's the concept for any of music the video, basically. Yeah, and the funny thing is people are more outraged by music than violent movies, I think, in a way. People are more... No one cares that Halloween's out, but if you wrote a... Really? A handful of people do. Okay, right. But but if if, if Cannibal Corpse released, like, a big... Uh, another new single with, like, a music video with, with violent killing, people are going to be outraged because they think that they're endorsing it. Because, you know, I guess music's more personalised. Yeah. That's why people think that. Even though, like, horror movies have gone out for years and no one cares. But yeah. let's go right into review. Um, we're gonna do non-spoilers first, then spoilers. That's another reason why we left it last. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, we're gonna do non-spoilers now. But if for any movie you'd rather not watch any trailers or hear anything about it, just go see it. But anyway, non-spoilers now. What do you think? Halloween 2018. What do you think, Grace? Four out of five. I agree. Four out of five. You know, it's not perfect. I think I wanted if they cut out a little bit of fat. It would have been better, but, you know, it's got everything that I wanted out of it. Yeah. I watched the original for the first time just a few weeks ago, actually, and this is everything I wanted from it. You know, there's a lot of fan service. There's a lot of references to scenes. There is a lot of fan service. There's a lot of, like, yeah. reference to the previous franchise. So if you But it's are, not super random, though. It's not super random. So if you did like... If you are a Halloween fan and have seen Beyond Halloween, say, 2, then you'll like this because it does make reference in some degree to... The films, basically, because they are the, the fa- it's basically fans writing this film. Fans wrote this. Well, film. that's true, yes, because they do have um, the original uh, director. He, he doesn't. He's a creative consultant. He's not the director, but he yeah. also composes it. He also so, composes it. So that yeah, is a good reason so that, to see it. I that think. awesome theme song is back, and it's pretty killer. The movie was it scary? Yes, I agree. Was it tense? Yes. Was it good tension? Yes, I agree. When we saw it, uh, there was some guy dressed up as Pennywise because it was Halloween, obviously. Yeah, I was. I wasn't expecting costumes. Yeah, the they were. But, you know, it was fun. Like apparently in America, people really get into like the movie experience. Like they would talk and scream and like. I'm clapping all that stuff. You know, we do that sometimes when we see, like, a big movie at the premiere, but usually we don't do that in Australia. Uh, When we do spoilers, I'm going to mention a a moment in the film that was sort of nearly ruined, but also made better. I think I know which one you're talking about. Should uh, we talk about it now, or...? No, we'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll go into spoilers when we're done. So, overall, good movie. It could have been better with a little bit of cutting, maybe some choices. Like, you know, I'm not... Like, some of the other characters, like, you know, with uh, some of the high school stuff, you know, it was okay, but, you know, perhaps it went for too long, as well as the podcasters, the journalists, maybe a bit too much of them as well. Well, uh, 
I disagree. I liked that there were they that they existed. I liked like the it. journalists. I liked that they existed because that sort of helps progress the movie. Yeah. The high school. Well, you had to had high school. Yeah. I mean, this is a slasher film. If you don't have high school kids in there, <laughs> well, you know, it's, you don't have a slasher film. It's an R rated movie or in Australia MA rated. So, um, you know, it's still mostly for an older audience. But still, true. true. Um, do you prefer this or the original? The original. Really? Okay. Okay. So- okay. Okay. Look. 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 It's a sequel. I mean, to a masterpiece that was just basically going to be an independent horror film. But to be, f- the thing is, is that the first one, you know, obviously it's a classic. Yeah. But the acting wasn't so great in the first one. True. Especially dis- the side characters. Dis- disregarding Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance, their their acting was superb, especially for Jamie Lee because it was her first time. Yes. Well, like the side characters, like Annie and the other ones, they were p- p- the actually. I came to the conclusion that Annie's acting is better in the car. When she's in the car, her acting is better. You mean when she's getting murdered? No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, when she's talking. No, when she's getting murdered, her acting... But when she's in the car talking to Laurie, her acting okay. is... Her acting's fine. Okay. Well, look, I mean, I, the acting in the new one is obviously way better. And I, yeah. like, the inter- I like the interesting shots. There's some creative kills... Um, <laughs> there are some good references to the first one, like I said, in case you didn't know. So this is like, I don't know how many they've made at this point, seven, eight, or nine, but this one is a direct sequel to the first and it completely disregards the existence of all the other ones. So if you haven't watched any of these movies, you can watch, I, I know it's on SBS On Demand right now, it's Halloween, that's the Australian streaming service in Australia. Uh, Halloween, I think it's on Stan as well, which is another Aussie streaming service. Just watch the first Halloween. You don't need to watch the sequels, and then watch this new one. Yeah, I I do think you should watch the first one. I think you should definitely watch the first one. And if you want to, you have you can watch this one, or you can watch the rest of the franchise. But do prepare yourself for a lot of movies. Well, I mean, for me, I was like, okay, I don't need. To, I know that this is just a direct sequel to the first, so I'm not going to bother with the other ones. I think I will watch some of the other ones later, but I'll just stick with this. You know, the kills were good too. Uh, acting but, you know, was better. Yeah. Acting was way better. Okay. All right. Let's go into spoilers. So from here on out, it's spoilers. Don't go any further if you want to see this film. Go yeah. On. So go see it, and uh, or if you don't really care about spoilers, spoilers starts now. Okay. So, what do you think of the twist with the Doctor being <laughs> evil? I liked it. I think it seemed to me like the Doctor. I it was unexpected. Yes, and that was that was my shock point. Like, oh crap he, he oh okay it was like a thing you had to accept it was like all right fine but for me like i, I it just felt like okay these this is how michael gets to laurie's house is via the doctor because the doctor knows yes the doctor wants no, this sir. to happen spoilers um well we're already in spoilers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, are we assuming that he was the one who caused the bus bus crash we don't know but, but should we I, assume that that's the case? We should assume, yeah. So what I'm going to say... Because it seems so perfect. I think How come he's being an, moved just the day before... Was it the day before Halloween? Yeah. He's being moved the day before it's Halloween. It's a mixed bag. Um, also, <laughs> with this film, what do you think of the brutality? Like, the sudden brutality is much more brutal than the original. Yes, well, I like the kills. Like I liked, I think um, one of the, the better ones was the one where he um, basically stabs that girl, the guy, through the neck... Like really, like it's it's you see it coming, but then like the way it happens is so quick, right through the neck, and it's like wow, that was a good one. Yeah, and it was also that person who we kind of like the the kid who we kind of pushed through the gate. What do you think of that scene? That was the one with the spotlight or whatever. That was scary. That was well done because that was one of the better scenes in the movie. He's he's but there's a kid, there's like a teenager in the um back uh, courtyard or something, and Michael's like staring at a distance, and like the spotlight is motion sensors, so. It turns off and on, and Michael keeps moving in the darkness, and it's like, oh, fuck. That was really clever, I thought. I mean, you knew he was going to die, but it was still tense. Yeah, it was still very tense. Um, Also, you may be disappointed at someone who doesn't die, unfortunately. Um, So, Laurie's granddaughter has a boyfriend. He's a bit of a douchebag towards the end, but he survives. Well, we assume he survives, because he disappears. No, he doesn't disappear. He just stays at the dance because she calls him out for his attitude. Well, that's true. But I think, like, I, uh, in a way, he was kind of just a plot device, I suppose, just so he can put the phone into the into the dip or whatever. So, you know, I, I would have liked to... Like, I didn't like him much. I should have just killed him, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because you just have a storyline that didn't finish. Someone who did deserve to be killed by Michael, the Doctor. 
Yeah, and you know, I think I would have preferred if they had more time dedicated to the Doctor, because I think it would have been more interesting than if... Cause His psyche's out of line, yeah. I, I he think. kind of appears like he's not. He, he doesn't do much in the beginning. You think it's kind of weird at the start why he's letting those journalists yeah, be so close to him. it makes sense. Th- it makes sense then, but still, I would have liked it more if th- he was more into that, so then like it becomes more meaningful when that twist happens. Awesome. What, do you, what do you think about when he got killed like 22 minutes after the reveal, though? <laughs> After the reveal, oh, I'm, and then he gets I'm shoot on. I'm kind of like he gets brutal. I just hope I was just hoping he wouldn't put on the mask and it's oh, he's Michael now. But no, Michael, God bless him. He comes back and he decides to um, take care of the Doctor by crushing his skull, which yeah. was very pleasant to see on the big screen because he does it. Well, it was pretty much he did crush his skull to the point of goo. I, because I, he kind of established that he does have super strength. I mean, Laurie even shoots him like when he, when she first she encounters- shoots him a lot of times. Yeah, but even like at the first time, he, and he just keeps walking. Yeah, like she shoots him full on to the torso, and he keeps walking. Mm. It's like what the fuck? She's got a revolver in her hand for goodness sake. Yeah, and something I didn't like was it. It kind of seems like she just she sees that the bus has crashed, so she should know that Michael's been escaped, and then she kind of just rocks up because we have to go. And, it's, and I wonder, like, did she even explain properly that Michael's escaped? And it's like, it's almost like Judy Greer's character is like, she's, oh, you're just paranoid. Yeah, and it's she, sort of reasonable. So I guess that, that kind of makes sense for Judy Greer's character. A character that actually I thought was going to die, mm. but she doesn't. She survives. I like and that bit very, at, at the end yeah, where yeah. she's like, I'm scared. Got him. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> that like, was pretty She's rough. in the basement and she's like got a gun in their hand she's acting real nervous and then michael appears and then she's like gotcha and then she shoots him that was pretty so awesome. like that was pretty that was pretty awesome so at the end you see the granddaughter with mark myers knife the blade so does that mean that she's going to be the next mark no, myers? no no probably no, no, not no. they've done this thing like multiple times where like oh it runs in the family like this is when they were brother and sister basically which right? they pretty much say in the movie is not the case yeah so I think it's just like she just so happens to have the knife. It's fine. So yeah, well, and in the end of the movie, you don't. It's it isn't shown. Michael isn't shown burn burning because they set fire to the house and he's not seen burning to death. So did you know that uh, there was a post credits? There was a post credits. Yes. Okay. Uh, spoilers for that. If you weren't aware that I, there I wasn't was, aware of post credits. Well, I just it's it's spoiler warning, but it's nothing special. Okay. All it was. Spoiler warning for that, but all it was is just Michael Myers breathing. Oh, so it's just black and... <sighs> yeah. All right. Although Darth Vader's breathing is way more iconic, though. But, you know, you can't... This is still this is still important mm. to the history of horror. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, you know, like I liked the movie. There were a few things that would change, but overall it was good. I'll probably watch it again. I'll probably like it. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Halloween. It's pretty. That's pretty metal. That's pretty horror punk, if, if you're into that. Yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. And, you know, they were podcasters too, the journalists, so I hope we don't get killed, Reese. I'm definitely dead. Yeah, I'm definitely dead too. Okay, Halloween, good movie. Watch it. Thanks so much for watching everyone. Not watching. Well, watch Halloween. But thanks so much for listening, everyone. This is the first episode of Rock Capital. We don't have an intro yet or a or an artwork, but by the time you hear this, I guess I guess we will. I don't, know, I don't know when this will be up, but uh, we already explained where you can find us, so do do go out and find us. You can tweet at me, at StefanBradley3. And uh, I don't know who will be the guest next time on Rock Capital Reese, but I'm sure you will be back soon. I will. And, uh, you know, just tweet me. What do you think of Halloween? What do you think of uh, Def Leppard's Hysteria album? If you disagree with our rankings, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for coming in, Reese. No worries. I'll see you later, guys. Have a good time. This is Rock Capital. And next time you're on, Reese, we'll do uh, we'll play one of your songs. Oh, thank you. See you later. Boy.